Hey, it's me, Josh, from that one podcast you're about to listen to. Before I let the show start, I just wanted to take a moment to mention something Sydney and I totally forgot to bring up during today's episode. We just launched our first collection of TFP podcast merch. You can now officially support the show by ordering Thanks for Participating shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, phone cases, magnets, laptop covers, pretty much anything else that you can imagine. Our store is on TeePublic, and I'll include a link to our merch page in the show notes. All right, that's it for housekeeping this time. Now on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Thanks for participating. I'm your host, Sydney. And I'm Josh. That's right. If you're just tuning in, this is TFP Radio, where we're playing the podcasts you want. TFP Radio, a better podcast for a better work week. TFP 5, Sydney's hit podcast station. TFP FM SLC, today's shits and yesterday's podcasts. That sounds familiar. Is it? What is it? Is it? 98.7 or FM 100, one of one of the local pod or not podcast, one of the local radio stations. Their like slogan is like today's hits and yesterday's favorites. I felt like that was two or three of the local radio stations like mashed together. Maybe. Well, welcome everyone to our podcast. We are super excited to be back. If this is your first time listening, this is thanks for participating. Uh, my name is Josh. My lovely wife is Sydney and we are the hosts of this podcast. Uh, we take turns in each episode introducing each other to things that we each enjoyed growing up that the other person has not experienced yet because we are seeking to create a marriage full of shared interests. We got married a little, almost two years ago, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, over a year and a half. And we've been together as a couple for almost three years. Wow, has it really been that long? That's not that long, I think, relative to... Most people that are married, how long they've been together prior to getting married. That's but also, true. it is a lot longer relative to the average for people our age where we live. Yes, that is true. I think my parents knew each other for eight months before they got married. Which is still really long. I think like six months is on the upper end yeah. for uh, the the amount of time that you date and are engaged before you get married. Yeah, they were engaged for like, what, three months? Yeah, three months. And they'd only been dating for like six. So in case y'all think that we're crazy, my parents are crazier. So, And if you're wondering what makes people get married so fast here, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. We had the first <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise location in, was it Salt Lake City? Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is. It's between that and the fry sauce that people just... Go crazy. Yep. Did you know that they have a Kentucky Fried Chicken buffet? At the original location? I don't even know where the... I don't think I've ever seen the original location. And I, I just learned like recently that, that it's a Utah thing. Yeah, we've driven past it before. It's like... I want to say it's around like 54th South, but I'd have to look it up. You, okay, here's the thing. I still no idea about Salt Lake <laughs> County. Uh, for those of you who are not from Utah, um, I grew up in Davis County and now I'm living in Utah County. And they're they're kind of separated on either sides of the entire Salt Lake Valley. Uh, but inside the Salt Lake Valley, I know nothing. I know kind of ish how to get to the airport. I know 
how to get to Temple Square, which is this basically the the city the, center, the city's like the starting point of the grid. Um, but I I don't know when you say like what'd you say fifty fourth South? Yeah, I I have no idea like what that is. <laughs> um, I you know, think we had been dating for a long time, and you had said things like that. I didn't even know that when you say fifty fourth South, that means like fifty four hundred South. Yeah. I just, I had no reason to like come down into Salt Lake County at all. The thing is that I grew up in Davis County too. But you were on the (laughs) south end. You, you're, you were like five minutes from North Salt Lake and I was 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, that's true. I, I've told you about when I was in high school and I did all state choir and they sing in the tabernacle on Temple Square for like their big final performance. And I I think this was right before I got my driver's license or something. And so I took the bus and it was like a two hour bus ride or oh, something. And good heavens. All I knew was to get off on Broadway, which I <laughs> even if you ask me right now, I don't know where Broadway is in Salt Lake City. You know what? If it makes you feel any better, I don't either. OK. And I asked the bus driver. I was like, will you let me know when Broadway is coming up so I can get off? And he's like, I don't know. And so I, I think I was, cause we were supposed to meet at like some of the other people that from my school that were singing, they all wanted to meet before like, re- like last rehearsal or, you know, dress rehearsal or whatever. So they could have breakfast together or a brunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was at Bruges. Bruges? Yeah. Oh yeah. But I had no idea how to, where it was. And so I got off at some random stop that looked like it was in the middle of downtown Salt Lake. And I just wandered around for the whole time. And I never found it. I never found Bruges. I never got brunch. And, but luckily it's kind of easy to find your way towards Temple Square. Cause that's where yeah. you just find the, if you're on 100 East, you just go West one block, you know, you, it's, find, it, your, yeah. you find the center <laughs> of the grid. So, yeah. Um, did I ever tell you about the time when I was playing a concert in the Tabernacle and I ordered delivery? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, the buildings on Temple Square, like they don't have addresses because they're very iconic buildings that like have been there since. I didn't know they didn't have addresses. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't know this either until I was trying to like order delivery, but like it's just there's Temple Square and there's only a couple of buildings on there, and they're all, like, very old, very iconic buildings, and so there's no really addresses. And once you get to Temple Square, there's, like, it's a huge tourist attraction. Attraction. There's, like, thousands of people, and there's tons of, like, Mormon missionaries that can direct you where to go. And so I was in the tabernacle, and we had a break between our practice and our concert, and so me and my friend called Jimmy John's which is literally just across the street from Temple Square. Like you go out the gate and cross the street and Jimmy John is right there. And so um, we called Jimmy John's and ordered delivery because like we were 17 and the adult chaperones were not going to let us out to get food. So it was like delivery or nothing. So we called them and they're like, all right, can we get an address for your delivery? And we're like, yeah, we're in the tabernacle on Temple Square. And they're like, okay, but can you give us the address for that? And then we're like, we're looking it up and there's no address. Look and we're out the like, window. The yeah. big domed building. Yeah. We're like, um, there's no address. It's just the tabernacle on Temple Square. Like it's, and they're like, okay, but like, we don't know where that is. Can you give us the address? And I was like, literally just walk out your front door and go across the street. It's right there. It, you can't miss it. It is 
right there. And it took us probably a good like five, ten minutes to negotiate with the Jimmy John's person before they're finally like, okay, whatever, we'll try to find it. (laughs) Did you ever get your food? Yes, we did. It took them a lot longer than they said it would delivery time. You think like being across the street would take them like 10, maybe 15 minutes, but it was more like a half an hour. So, well, another happy landing. That's all we can say. (laughs) It's a Star Wars reference. Oh, okay. When uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, where they are um, crashing General Grievous's ship and it like breaks in half, and Obi Wan's like, well, at least we're flying half a ship. And they basically just, yeah, crash onto the, I think it's on Coruscant, and, but they survive and, but they like destroy buildings and like the whole ship like falls apart and is in wreckage. And, but then they like come to a stop and Obi-Wan's like another happy landing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, um, that's it for our show, everybody. Uh, thanks for participating. Um, I think you missed like the whole middle section. I know. Sorry for getting distracted there. Um, also, sorry. I just, while you're talking, I looked over and there were huge red spikes um, hopefully that isn't too hard to fix the clipping, but Shoot. which is, we, we even had like a thorough, uh, sound check. We've just, we've had, we've had a lot of problems coming out with this episode. We were going to record like seven days ago and then just scheduling with Easter and then Sid had finals this week. And then a lot of like technical issues. We've been sitting here ready to record for like an hour, but audacity keeps saying no memory on the sound recording device. And, uh, and so I like. I've given all of my best wizard troubleshooting ideas. And so hopefully we're working now. It's, yeah, it's literally taken us like an hour just to like get the recording to work. Yeah. Last night we were going to record and we sat there for several hours until like 4.30 in the morning until we finally were like, we can push it back one more night. Well, that was because I was finishing up the very last of my semester and I had like my... Uh, one of my teachers lost a few of my assignments. One of my teachers lost a few of my assignments. And so he was like, well, you can take the zero or you can redo it. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll redo it. <laughs> so. Didn't you say he lost six? Yeah. Yeah. I like had a good nap while you were like finishing those. I mean, okay. To be fair, like I was turning them in late. So. Oh, classic Sydney. Pass the blame onto the professor when you're the one who's turning it in late. Well, but you still lost him, though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but he can't possibly be at fault. I mean, he's a professor. And I'm a woman? Yes, exactly. Okay. I'm glad that you could get to the punchline before I could. <laughs> Misogyny makes it okay. Misogyny makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get canceled. I'm, like, starting to cancel you already. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just jokes, just jokes, all sarcasm, uh, hopefully. Maybe. I mean, I was being sarcastic. Were you joking around or were you serious about misogyny? No, I was joking. Remember the episode that you were like, uh, no one, it's hard being a bigot in this world. No one stands for bigotry anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's one of those episodes I listened back to. I totally forgot that I had put that in there as like the first line in the podcast and I was embarrassed. But also like there's a couple of times that I've. Like someone has listened to the podcast that I never thought would listen. And it was embarrassed. Like one of our first episodes, you like called me out for a New Zealand accent. And and then uh, we all of a sudden had listeners from New Zealand and they were reaching out to me and being like, by the way, your accent, your Kiwi accent sucks. Like you need so much help if you're like, like it sounds awful. And I was so embarrassed. And then in 
one of our episodes, like we speak Chinese and I know my Chinese sounds decent, but I never thought that we'd actually have uh, Chinese speaking listeners, um, especially native Chinese speaking listeners uh, listen to this podcast. But there was one episode that I just did the whole intro in Mandarin and my coworker who sits right next to me at work just this week was like, oh, I'm going to check out your podcast. And the first episode he listened to was that one. And he was like, what? what? You're Chinese? And I was so embarrassed. Okay, I just want to say for the record that I've had multiple native Chinese speakers tell me that you speak Chinese like a native. So who? Um, Basically everyone in Brooklyn. Oh, well, that was just because I didn't have as much of an accent, but I like I'm a conversational and I have, I feel like my accent's pretty good, but I, you know better Chinese than I do. I don't think so. Well, like your vocab and your grammar is probably three or four times as big as mine right now. But like. Mm, that's debatable. Well, you are almost, you have like one class left for your language credits for your Chinese minor. And I have never taken a collegiate Chinese course. Okay, I guess that's true. I am minoring in Chinese. But to be fair, I did study Chinese in China and I t- studied it for six years prior to that. Yeah. And I've never been to China or Taiwan or Singapore or anywhere else where they speak Mandarin. Hey, here's here's uh, an idea. I don't know if you've thought about this. Um, why don't we uh, introduce the topic for this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are excited to talk about a much, much, muchly beloved staple of our society. Oh, but before... We tell you what we're going to be talking about, what this entire episode is dedicated to, which you probably already know because you likely saw the episode to the title, the, the title to the episode, the the sighing flute, the, 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 the flying suit. If anyone gets that reference, I will Venmo you $5. <laughs> um, yeah, before we get, get to that, which you probably already know, but we're stalling because we are um, topic discusser procrastinators. We have a new iTunes review that we would like to shout out. Um, Let me just pull that up. As always, you can go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. We appreciate a five-star rating, and we will shout out your reviews on the podcast. Uh, Apparently, it's a great way for Apple Podcasts algorithm to generate a greater audience to help us reach more people, for them to suggest us on their TikTok for you page. I don't know. I don't know how it works. (laughs) But I've heard many a podcasters tell their listeners to do this, and we will hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, anyway, maybe if we actually used Apple Podcasts, we'd actually know how it works. Yeah. Sorry, I we're Android people. I don't know how anything <laughs> Apple works. I'm sorry. You can, that's, that's the real reason to cancel me right now, is because I've <laughs> never owned an iPhone or a Mac or anything. Yeah, I'm firmly in the Android camp. I'm just in the, my parents' first phone that they bought me was an Android. And I'm really afraid of like change. So, <laughs> plus, uh, your Android upgrade was free. So that's true. We're also in the we're poor camp. So okay, okay. So the first, not the first, the the review that we got since our last episode uh, is by Brian Alex Clark. So shout out to you, Brian Alex Clark. Thank you for listening. Um, and we'd say thank you for participating, but. Honestly, you haven't really participated yet. He participated the... in the invitation to review. Thanks for doing what we told Apple you to Podcasts. do. Thank you for being a diligent, obedient listener. <laughs> okay, this is just getting weird. <laughs> Why? 
I don't know. Because <laughs> you started talking about diligence? Yeah, and like accepting mm-hmm. invitations and stuff. Oh my goodness. Okay, so here is his five-star review. It is titled, Wish I'd Thought of the Premise First, with one exclamation mark. I- I'd give that six out of ten. You could have put a little bit more effort into the exclamation marks. I, I mean, him- three, four. You know what? I give him eight out of ten. Eight out of ten on your five-star, two thumbs up. Wait, no. You gave five star, we gave your five star an eight out of ten, and then you can choose whether one or two thumbs up to give to our eight out of ten to your five star. Oh my gosh, this is just getting complicated now. Okay, let me read the actual review. Honestly, that intro alone makes you want to listen to the whole shebang. What are you waiting for? And in parentheses, and to the hosts, colon. Who cares if Eternals is a top five Marvel movie for you? Love what you love, exclamation mark, close parentheses. (laughs) Well, thanks for supporting us in that. But I stand firmly by that decision. I still, I don't know why that was so controversial. I don't, I I don't get it either. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's more mythological than like most Marvel things. And I like the more mythological stuff. Yeah, I get that everybody like what you like. It's entirely subjective. But I was just surprised at how much flack people gave us for saying that we liked the movie because apparently it's widely people's least favorite Marvel movie. Or or on in the bottom five. And for me, it's definitely top five. And just that gap just blows people's minds. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why people hated it so much. I really don't. You know, I, I'm not one to belittle people who have inferior taste to me, except yes, I am. So oh I'm okay. s- sorry, not sorry. <laughs> what? Why don't you just go back to reading the I'm, review? I'm just, that was the review. Okay. Oh, it was? Yeah. Honestly, okay. the intro alone makes you want to listen to the whole shebang, which I agree our friend Mitch Fry uh, composed that for us. And I don't know if we've ever said this on the podcast, but when I reached out to him to compose that, I said, I, um, I'm looking for something that's high energy, that's along the same vibes of the Paul Simon song, You Can Call Me Al. And uh, anyway, he nailed it. And it's just like, oh, yeah. makes you want to dance and... We're so excited. And honestly, sometimes we start recording and we're jamming out so hard, we don't even want to start the podcast. We just want to listen to it on repeat. (laughs) It definitely helps us get into the mood. But it does motivate us to finish the podcast because then we can listen to it again. (laughs) Hopefully it will motivate you to binge listen our podcast so you can hear it over and over and over again. If anyone wants to set that as their uh, ringtone or their morning alarm, (laughs) feel free to. there's, There's honestly no greater way... To start the day, then a podcast by Sydney with the thanks for participating music. Okay, you are not allowed to set that as your like alarm because I still want to like it. I recently I had the brilliant idea. What if I because I found out on the clock app for when you're setting your morning alarm, you can connect Spotify and it will play either a song or a playlist from Spotify. And I thought that's great. I can just put a bunch of like kind of high energy like good intro music in this wakey wakey tunes playlist and then it will shuffle it and it will wake me up with a different song every day and in theory that's great in practice it only shuffles it for two days and then it just always plays the first song and for three weeks we woke up to frankie valley in the four seasons uh oh what a night (laughs) yeah and i was starting to hate that song but i want to keep loving that song so i made him change it yeah i just deleted it from that playlist and and then for a while it was jesse's girl but now we are currently in the good luck um phase of where it's shuffling it oh nice 
I haven't been hearing it though. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I've like slept through my alarms like two days in a row. That's true. We did sleep through our alarms today. Well, that's because we keep going to bed at like 4.30, trying to wake up at 6.30, so. Nah, that can't be it. I'm pretty sure that's it. Maybe I should check Audacity and make sure that the recording is uh, still going. Yeah, we're still good. It didn't run out of storage yet. (laughs) All right. Well, today our topic is something that hopefully is near and dear to everyone listening. Something that has been very long running and a part of pretty much everyone's childhood, I'd say. Right. This is uh, something that both of us have very fond memories of growing up. But there was one aspect in particular that I had seen on repeat, but you had never seen. That is true. And so today, we're talking about Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? You got some... Work. Pants to put on. Okay. <laughs> I, okay, I feel embarrassed. I just said it was a major part of my childhood and I forgot the words. Yeah, you did. Okay, well, in particular, um, this show... The, the show originally came out in, what was it, 1969, and there were oh, yeah, it was the uh, 60s. New, new shows in the 70s, all throughout the 90s, and but today we are talking about two live-action movies, in fact, the only theatrical release live-action films for Scooby-Doo. In 2002, Scooby-Doo, and 2004, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Sydney had never seen them before. No. So when I was a kid, like we would, we didn't have cable television. And so we'd just watch like the basic channels. And one of them would play reruns of like the original 1969 Scooby Doo. And so I would watch that. And then I also had um, a movie from 1998 called Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost that I would watch on repeat as well. And I was obsessed with both of those. I like I really wanted to be a hex girl when I grew up, but yeah, I sitting down for the podcast just an hour and a half ago while you were in the shower and I was getting ready. I pulled up the Wikipedia page for Scooby-Doo in media and I was going to pry like pat myself on the back for how much of that I was familiar with, but I was shocked at how much media there actually is. And so I thought it would be fun. I threw it together in a little Excel sheet. And I wanted to ask you a couple questions and see if how well you know your Scooby-Doo. Okay. Um, not how well you know your Scooby-Doo, but what what does your intuition tell you? Okay. Um, how many different um, revivals of the TV series do you think there have been? I'm going to say eight. Uh, Thirteen. Ooh. Uh, and how many total episodes of Scooby-Doo do you think <laughs> there are in those seasons or in those series? Okay. I'm going to say a thousand episodes. Ooh. That's a overestimate i thought you would have underguessed that it's 428 oh wow i like way overguessed that yeah there's because each one only had three on average seasons and each season only had 20 episodes 10 episodes oh 10 yeah so like the first uh the first ever scooby-doo i think scooby-doo where are you is the first one right yeah i think so and and then what's new scooby-doo is in there scooby-doo get a clue What's new Scooby-Doo? We would watch that on road trips, like in our little CD players because we weren't fancy enough to have like the CD player in the car. And That's so, the one where the music is like, what's the Scooby-Doo? Yeah. They're coming after you. Gonna solve them, Mr. Me. So my dad's family lives um, about 2,000 miles away from us and we would go down most summers to visit them and it was like a 24-hour road trip, which meant two days in the car. And so I watched tons 
of what's new Scooby-Doo because those were the CDs that we had. Yeah. I uh, I did see a lot of the original 1969 because my mom, when she bought the very first model iPod, she bought and downloaded all the seasons of that show from iTunes onto the iPod. And so whenever we were in the car, I have very vivid memories on the plane, like listening or like watching those movies on this little, little tiny. Well, I mean, it wasn't that tiny. It was the screen was big compared to, you know, other iPod, like iPod Shuffle or um, iPod Shuffle didn't have a screen. Mine did. No, it didn't. I promise you it did because I, I, you I, didn't. I uh, iPod Nano didn't have a screen. No, but my the iPod, iPod Shuffle Nano had a screen. iPod Nano. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Th- I don't know which one I had. It was like this and it had a camera. Yeah, you probably had a Nano. And it was like really, really thin, like thinner than a domino. Yeah, that's a Nano. I thought that was a shuffle. I thought the Nano was the little thing that had like the clip people would clip to their belts. No, the shuffle was the little thing that you would clip and it was called the shuffle because you couldn't choose the song. So it would just shuffle through all of the songs that you had because there was no screen. Oh, see, look at me. But the thing is, is I used my mom's first generation iPod way more than I ever used my own iPod that I got years later. Um, I only used that one. I made like Rube Goldberg machines out of um, Thomas the Tank Engine and marbles. And I would video them and I'd show them to people in like sixth grade. And they'd be like, wow, you're so cool. How did you do that? (laughs) Um, And then I would download my mom's iTunes. Um, I never like bought my own like music on iTunes. Like occasionally I would get like money and I'd buy like an iTunes gift card with like birthday money or something. And it would be enough to buy like five songs. So I had like Tayo Cruz and Psy Gangnam Style. Uh, but like everything else was Celine Dion and uh, Michael Jackson and the Beach Boys and Bee Gees. Yeah. Didn't your mom have a thing for the lead singer? Of- Barry Gibb. Yeah. Yeah. I think she had <laughs> a poster of him in her room when she was like 12. Apparently nothing speaks to... Uh, young girl's hearts like a 40 year old man singing in falsetto <laughs> and uh, no greater reaction to my joke than the ass gas that was just passed Josh stop farting that was not me <laughs> yeah it was I okay you farted on the last episode and I was nice and I cut it out but I am leaving that in babe please don't if you love me you will not do that Okay, let's get back to uh, this. Um, so, 428 episodes. Four animated television films. 36 animated direct-to-video films. Uh, one animated theatrical film, plus a uh, to-be-determined release for the untitled sequel of that one. I think that's the 2020, came out like 2020 or 2021. This, the, just the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one animated streaming film. Two live-action theatrical films those are the ones we're talking about today um then two live action television films the one with uh christy yamaguchi as velma <laughs> you mean Haley kiyoko <laughs> yeah i can never remember her name <laughs> we uh we started listening to her music a lot after that one episode of loki where it starts out with the two with sylvie and her friend in, in the bar not her friend <laughs> the the um the timekeeper or whatever yeah, but it seems like they're friends, right? Because they're oh, like, yeah. drinking, and but it turns out it's all like in, in interrogation. In her mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, that song's a certified bop. Yeah, but I can't ever remember her name. So you just call her the one Japanese name you can remember. 
great. Now I feel so bad. I'm so problematic. I, I'm i sorry. I will do better to um, have an open mind and to understand more diverse peoples. Does that make me sound like a better or a worse person? That makes you sound like a person who's giving a fake apology, who's been called out and well, canceled. Well, here's the thing. I am a guy and I do have a microphone, so I have to say problematic things oh, yeah. and put it on the internet. The the Joe Rogan experience. Like uh, the one that's going around right now where like people are like roasting him and saying like, do not give men microphones is the guy who's like... <laughs> Uh, oh, isn't it like, oh, if women have an Instagram, they're cheating. Yeah, if you're in a relationship and she has an Instagram, she can't do that. It's cheating. Well, you know what? If men are in a relationship and they have a door, they're cheating. Where are you going? You've got a girlfriend. Yeah, eyelids, who are you winking at? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, eight television shorts, two direct-to-video shorts, 36 web shorts, and then, did you even know that there were Scooby-Doo comics? No. Yeah, there are... Okay, take a guess. How many comic book uh, series there are? Seven. Fifteen. <sighs> then guess how many um, issues in total are in those series? A mm, hundred. Six hundred eighty-eight. If you if you oh would have guessed a thousand, you would have been closer on that one. I never even knew this. Like some of these are some of these are DC comics. Really? Yeah. Like there's the one of them's like ongoing, and it's like a Scooby Doo um, comic. Um, Does that mean Scooby Doo's a superhero? Uh, it's well, it's either that or Disney princess. It's like you either are born a Disney princess or you live long enough to see yourself become a superhero. I don't think that's how it goes. Isn't you get like the joke I'm saying? Like, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you don't laugh at my jokes and you just sass me, and I don't know if you just didn't get it and you thought I was being stupid, or you actually thought it was funny, or you got the punchline and just didn't think it was funny. Leave that up for you to figure out. Okay. How many video games do you think there have been? 15. 20. Oh my God. And I think this is going to blow your mind. Six stage plays. Wait, what? Yep. There have been six Scooby-Doo stage plays. No way. Yeah. Don't believe me. Just look at Wikipedia, which is the most trusted place on the internet. Hey, you know what? It kind of is though. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they, they drilled home in your head like... Don't use Wikipedia when you're researching your paper because it's the armpit of the internet. But to be honest, uh, Wikipedia has never led me astray. Well, okay. I don't know how your school was, but it was like junior high. They're like, don't use Wikipedia at all. And then high school, it's like, you can use Wikipedia, but when you cite it, cite the sources that they cite yeah. on the Wikipedia page instead of citing Wikipedia. It was always like, learn how to use Wikipedia as like a jumping off point. Like, this is just like surface level stuff and then go to the sources at the bottom to read more and then use those sources which are more likely like expert written or first hand yeah. first person document or whatever so um, um but anyway wait, so that's hold on i'm getting really bad heartburn i need to go get some stuff okay this is time for sydney's once per episode gastrointestinal issues leave of absence well usually it's you start doing the pee dance and then you have to leave and then i have to think of some way to entertain the guests while you're gone. No guests this time. Just uh, listeners who, pro if we're going to be honest, no one's listening right now. This has been such a chaotic episode. And no one comes to get you from the beast that's going to bite. Because this is thriller. That was um, my cover 
for you of Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. Um, yeah, uh, as always, my serenading is free of charge, but you are more than likely to send tips. My Venmo is at Josh-Rich-98. Um, I'm back to save you all from him. Wait, wait, wait. We started this podcast so that I could save them from you. No. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, remember our, our first idea for the podcast was to watch Star Trek episode by episode? And then- <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, we were driving through the Nevada desert uh, on our way home from our honeymoon, and we were brainstorming podcast ideas, and we thought- that's really good because then we won't have to put very much work into preparing for an episode and thinking what to do. And it will just give us plenty of episodes and job security to do the podcast for a long time. And then we thought like, mm, but that's kind of boring. And it doesn't, I don't know, we thought it might not be as big of a fandom right now, but a lot of people were getting into anime and Avatar The Last Airbender and neither of us had seen it. So that was our big idea. And um and I even, if we were going to do that, I had come up with the podcast title, All's Well That Bends Well. <laughs> I do remember that one. And ultimately, we went with this, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, this is so much fun. It is. Yeah. Okay. This is, the podcast is one of the my favorite things to do with you. That's all right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, in case you forgot, let me just speed run those statistics one more time. So 13 different TV series, totaling 428 episodes, four animated television films, 36 animated direct-to-video films, one animated uh, theatrical film, one animated streaming film, two live-action theatrical films, two live-action television films, one live-action direct-to-video film, eight television shorts, two direct-to-video shorts, 36 web shorts, uh, 15 different comic series, totaling 688 issues. 20 video games, six stage plays. And I did not even include crossover TV episodes, including the Scooby-Doo characters, uh, comic singles. I don't even know what that means. I wonder how if that that's, is different from... I wonder if that's just instead of following the whole mystery gang, it's just like one of them. Oh, maybe. Um, film you... strips, television specials, and direct-to-video specials. Wow, I think there are like very few things out there that have the kind of legacy and reach that Scooby-Doo has had. Yeah, we were um, talking today about how uh, four, what is it, four generations now have all had Scooby-Doo a part of their childhood. Yeah, basically there's Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z. Oh wait, maybe just three. Millennials, Gen X, Gen Z, Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha are like kids being born right now. Oh, yeah, because they're, like, still coming out. Yeah, there's, like, the 13th um, TV series is still ongoing. So, like, they're still releasing Boomerang, Hanna-Barbera, whatever. I don't know. Boomerang is the shiz, I'm telling you. They have Tom and Jerry and all that good stuff. Isn't Boomerang just, like, old Hanna-Barbera shows that is, like, throwback to reruns or whatever? Oh, yeah. We would watch Isn't that all. Stones? We watch that all the time in my house like growing up once we finally got cable we just like watched a lot of boomerang what was uh what was like when you were watching cartoon network what was like the new show because that's probably on boomerang now honestly i don't think i watched that much cartoon network isn't boomerang a part of cartoon network i don't know i don't know either i like mostly watched pbs and disney channel and maybe a little bit of nickelodeon 
I when I was yeah when I was young I watched PBS a lot and then I think I like snuck and watched Cartoon Network and I always felt guilty like there was Courage the Cowardly Dog oh and I, I would, did watch that a and lot Ed Ed and Eddie and Codename Kid Next Door and I would always feel guilty about watching those and then we definitely were not allowed to watch SpongeBob SpongeBob was the best and then. Uh, I was a little bit older and I would watch Disney Channel. Okay, well, thanks for humoring me with those um, uh, tidbits of knowledge for Scooby-Doo in the media. Tune in next week for uh, the next segment of Scooby-Doo in the media. So I'm like, I'm going to be pretty honest. Growing up, I had zero interest in seeing the live action Scooby-Doo's. And I think it's because I'd seen a lot of terrible live action adaptations like in my childhood and i would like see name one name one i bet you can't even do it okay you know what maybe men shouldn't have microphones <laughs> but anyways i would like i'd grow up and i'd see like bad live action re like adaptations and then i'd watch movies and like the scooby-doo trailer would be before the movie and i'd look at that and i'd be like that looks so bad like there's no way that this is good like I have no interest in seeing it and then when Josh showed it to me this last week I was like oh my gosh they did such a good job of translating the characters onto the screen and like the casting was perfect and they kept the vibe of it really well while kind of updating it and making it you know more 2000s and I thought the wardrobe was excellent how they kept true to kind of the 70s outfits that they had while still making it like 2000s like that uh tracksuit that Daphne wears like in the middle of the movie and I just I thought it was so good I thought like the casting was amazing the plot was amazing like and I loved how they kept like so many of the old gags in there too like the at the very beginning of the movie when Shaggy's like in his head is in a barrel and Scooby-Doo's sticking out on top and then he starts running and he can't run. And so he's just like running in place. And then he finally starts going. And it just, it was really, really well done. And I really liked it. I am glad because I was entirely expecting your reaction to be, it's good. I don't know if I'd ever, it would ever be something I'd intentionally want to watch again. Cause it just, it didn't really capture the original or it didn't uh, pay justice to you, you know. And so I'm like really glad that you enjoyed it that way because that's how much I like it. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely something that I would just like throw on while I do homework or something like that. Because oh, my I just goodness. Like felt like watching it. What? Okay, sorry. But I'm looking at the list of like the um, the animated direct-to-video films. Like they came out with like, so there's 36 of them all from the, the 90s, um, 80s, 90s. And then they're still coming out with them. You know what the most recent one is that came out? In September of 2021. What? Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm dead serious. Okay, because you know, like, on What's New Scooby-Doo and, like, all those DVDs, they'd include a little Courage the Cowardly Dog short. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Like, he was... I'm not sure if it was, like, on the DVDs or if it was, like, after they played him on TV, they'd put on Courage the Cowardly Dog. But in my head, Courage is, like... Very closely associated with Scooby-Doo. Huh. That's so weird. Well, anyways, I was looking at this because I was going to talk about, because you said that you um, watched Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. 
um, which is is one that I I remember seeing commercials or previews for it on other Scooby-Doo movies that we had, but I had never seen that one until I was dating you. Uh, but there's plenty of those animated feature films that were that I saw. But I'm looking at this list, and this list has to be incomplete because Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase. Oh, wait, no. I Okay, Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase is right here. But I was like, that was one that I watched a lot, but I was genuinely terrified of. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers. I saw that one a lot. Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. We had that one on VHS and watched that over and over and over again. Um, but then one that I'm looking at this list over and over and over again, and I can't see it, is Scooby-Doo meets Batman. Uh, I wonder if that's on like crossovers or something. Maybe, but it, it, was a fe- it was a feature film. It wasn't like the episode. Let me, I'm just going to look up. Because maybe it's a, a Batman movie, not a Scooby-Doo movie. Scooby-Doo meets Batman. Wait, I don't even think Wikipedia knows about this. Oh, you know the other one that I would watch a lot? What? Was the one with the hippies and the aliens. I don't know what it was called, but I know that the hippie chick that Shaggy was in love with ended up being an alien in the end. Her and her dog. Okay, okay so there's, there is an animated direct-to-video superhero action comedy called Scooby-Doo and Batman, The Brave and the Bold, but that is not the one that I'm talking about. I've never even seen this. Um, cause this is, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen, when did this come out? Oh, this came out in 2018. So this is way more recent, but the Scooby-Doo meets Batman. Wikipedia doesn't even know that this, this exists. This is so niche. Like I knew about this before <laughs> it was cool. Let's see. Oh yeah. Here it is. I'm on uh batman.fandom.com slash wiki slash Scooby dash dude underscore meets underscore Batman. Oh, good heavens. It's a video compilation from Warner Bros. Home Entertainment. It consists of two episodes from Hanna-Barbera's The New Scooby-Doo Movies, The Dynamic, Scooby-Doo Affair, and The Caped Crusader Caper, where Scooby-Doo and the gang team up with Batman and Robin to capture Joker and the Penguin. Wow. Yeah, but I watched this on repeat probably more than any other piece of visual media my entire life. I could probably quote the entire thing. and. uh Call back to the beginning of the episode, but uh, the 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 the, the sighing flute, the 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 frying clute, the, the the flying suit. It's like from Scooby Doo meets Batman. Gotcha. Joker's trying to steal the this scientist's flying suit, and the 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 scientist has like this uh, speech impediment, and so he can never talk about what his invention actually is. I'm not gonna lie, I never really saw anything Batman related, minus the one episode of Fairly Odd Parents where they had Adam West on it. Until I started dating you and we watched The Dark Knight. Hey, yo. And uh, now we've done an entire podcast episode on Batman. And now we're talking about Scooby-Doo meets Batman. (laughs) Actually, technically we're talking about the Scooby-Doo live action movie, but we've really only said like... A couple things about it. A couple of things about it. And we are 50 minutes into the episode. (laughs) I mean, are you really a podcaster if you struggle to stay on topic? Yeah, I guess that's true. Should we discuss the movie more then yeah 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 okay Okay, so um we watched the the first one up at your parents house when we were over there for easter easter weekend last weekend Mm -hmm. and then we came home and we had a night in and we celebrated the end of the semester and we got a bunch of snacks and then we watched the second one uh which one did you like better the first one or the second one probably hmm hmm I don't know. They were both really good, but I'd probably have to say the second one because they were like working together as a gang instead of being kind of at odds with each other. Yeah. 
and Alicia Silverstone was in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even um, though she's really a dude. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Jonathan Jacobo. Um I I never realized how funny that the second one Monsters Unleashed is, but I was laughing the whole time and it was just like it was so fun and it was like it was cheesy and campy like Batman was, but in like the most charming like entertaining way like it wasn't like oh this is, doesn't hold up now you're watching it now it feels cheesy it was like no they were playing it to be cheesy they were playing it to be goofy and it was just oh it was so fun yeah they did such a nice job of that really and yeah i like how watching it it's almost as if that movie is canon to the original 1969 series but a decade or so later because they are talking about right it starts out with them opening up a Coolsville museum of all of the villains and costumes that the mystery gang has unmasked. And all of those villains that they talk about and that then uh, they face throughout the movie are actual villains from the first few seasons of the 60s and 70s show. Yeah, that's true. Although, to be honest, like it's been years and years since I've watched the original show, so I don't really remember any of the villains. Were but- any of the villains from that movie... Did you recognize? No. Oh. The only okay, the only villain I remember is Tim Curry from Scooby Doo and, and the Witch's Ghost. <laughs> because I always remembered him like being a warlock and I had to ask my mom like what was a warlock and stuff because I didn't understand. But I'm telling you, that movie was amazing and I'm a hex girl is a bop and a half. There you go. That's your trademarked phrase. Bop and a half. Um I yeah, I knew I recognized all of them probably just because um I watched uh Scooby Doo Where Are You on my mom's iPod so many times. I mean the th- But like Captain Cutler's Ghost, Minor 49er, uh The Black Knight. That was The Black Knight was the very first episode of Scooby Doo. The thing is, like I've seen those episodes a ton of times. It's just like kindergarten. Like I remember yeah. we would come home from kindergarten and we would eat our mac and cheese and watch Scooby Doo. Because that's when it was on TV. Yeah. The so for me the most uh, iconic villains are Creeper, which actually wasn't in the movie, which I was surprised because I feel like that's one of the best villains. Um, do you remember that one? Like the whole time is just like kind of this zombie guy. He's like Creeper, and he's oh, just chasing yeah. them. And I it remember. turns out to be like the banker because Scooby Doo found a piece of paper that has like incriminating evidence. Uh, the bank oh, like president yeah. was like stealing money. So he was chasing them, trying to get the paper, but it was just like really creepy. Um, hence creeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that was really scary was the tar monster. Um, I remember the tar monster. Yeah, they go to uh, like Byzantia or something in Turkey, and there's like uh, miners or something that dig up this uh, ancient tar monster who like comes out of the pits of tar and kidnaps people. And I was terrified growing up by that. <laughs> Um, but Tar Monster in Scooby Doo Monsters Unleashed, like, was so like satisfying for me to be like, yeah, like, there's like this big part of my childhood fear that's being represented in this like more modern movie. That's like, but also it unlocks like this trauma in me where it's like, there's nothing really about that movie about the monsters that are scary, but just the Tar Monster still like it's unsettling and like you know. Watching it as a mature, married husband, father. I'm not a father. 
Let me let me start over. <laughs> I'm no longer a child, and I am a full grown, matured adult. But That's debatable. it still made me feel like scared watching the tar monster. Yeah. I thought it was really funny how in the first one they basically implied that like Shaggy was a total stoner. Because I think I think we all knew. Like right. watching the original Scooby Doo, like we we knew. He was kind of like the hippie, and you know what hippies were into. But just the fact that they had him like cooking in the van, like he was hotboxing, and then he meets Isla Fisher, and she's like, "My name's Mary Jane," and he's like, "That's like, like my favorite name." It's like my favorite name, Scoob. <laughs> and then, um, in even in the second one, there's the scene where they are in the bottom of the abandoned mine, and there's a laboratory full of all these potions and beakers of chemicals and they start drinking them and scooby turns into a monster and then uh shaggy grows female body parts and (laughs) then scooby-doo turns into like a big hair brain mad scientist like basically einstein yeah and then shaggy turns into like a huge uh macho man meathead big muscles and then uh, Scooby's like, oh, I know how to like, he mixes together all this concoction to like turn them back to normal. And then when they come back to normal, Shaggy's like, oh, that was almost like my sophomore year in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember uh, when we watched HR Puffin stuff and I had to tell you guys to stop saying acid trip because <laughs> that's what you guys said so much? Yeah. <laughs> there were some parts of Scooby-Doo that felt that way too. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was pretty good though. Like, it was good stuff. Um, I love the casting for the whole, like, both movies. Oh, my gosh. Uh, It was so perfect. Yeah, just, like, the main members of the Mystery Gang did so well. Like, Freddie Prince Jr., great Fred. But, like, especially, especially, especially Shaggy. Matthew Uh, Lillard. I almost said Damian Lillard. Isn't that (laughs) a basketball player? Maybe. Yeah, uh, Matthew Lillard. Is so good as Shaggy. You know, he's basically been the voice of Shaggy since those movies. No way. Does he voice like the animated too? Yeah. Get, if you get on his like filmography, like it's basically all just Scooby-Doo now. That no he's, way. Since the last guy retired, he took over and has been doing Scooby-Doo since basically 2002. It's like kind of crazy too because you see Matthew Lillard and he's all that or she's all that. She's all that. The original. And he's supposed to be like the super cool guy that's like totally full of himself, but is like kind of quasi famous and like it all went to his head and his character (laughs) as like Scooby-Doo and imagining him like becoming Shaggy, just like completely different. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're right. There's, yeah, there's the two live action Scooby-Doo movies and then from 2010 to 2013, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, Uh, Scooby-Doo Guess Who? Uh, from 2019 to 2021, and then a ton of like those animated movies: Scooby Doo Return to Zombie Island, Scooby Doo WrestleMania, Scooby Doo Camp Scare, Be Cool Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo Phantosaur, Scooby Doo The Sword and the Scoob, Scooby Doo Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost, Scooby Doo Shaggy's Showdown, Scooby Doo Haunted Hollywood, Scooby Doo Kiss. There's a I didn't know this. There's an animated show with like the hairband 80s hairband Kiss. No way. With Scooby Doo, yeah. Oh and look, gosh. it's got like Shaggy and Scooby with like the hair and like the black and white like painted oh, face. Oh my word. We might have to watch that. Happy Halloween, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, Abracadoo, Abracadabra-Doo, Scooby-Doo, Blowout Beach Bash, 
Scooby-Doo Blue Falcons, Scooby-Doo Stage Fright, Scooby-Doo Frank and Creepy, Scooby-Doo Adventures in the Mystery of the Night, Scooby-Doo Music of the Vampire. Wow. I think we got the picture there. I could, I could keep going if you want. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, I did think it was really, really funny how Scrappy-Doo was the, <laughs> the villain vil- in the first one because I remember watching Scooby-Doo and thinking Scrappy-Doo was the most annoying character ever and I hated every single episode that he was in. And so I thought it was kind of funny, like, realizing that I'm not the only one who thought Scrappy-Doo was super annoying and they just kind of, like, took him and made him the villain because of it. It was also, like, they, in the flashback scene, uh, it showed that he was so annoying that they kicked him out of the gang and left him on the side of the road. And he was like, fine, I'll get my own show. Because didn't Scrappy-Doo have his own show for a while? Yeah. Like, after that, like, they tried to, like, make him a better character, but just no it one, no one likes well. Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. He's just, no one cares. No one wants puppy power. Puppy power! Yeah. <laughs> I think I read somewhere something that was really interesting, because, um, like, all the monsters on Scooby-Doo, like, that's, like, the thing is they catch the monster and then they unmask him, you know? And it's someone they know. And I read somewhere someone saying that, like, Scooby-Doo taught them that, like, the real monsters are the people that they know. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> the real monsters are the friends we make along the way. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, it's not, like, some villain that comes out of nowhere, but really it's someone that was supposed to be, like, helping you all along. Right. Um, I've seen a couple of people start either TikTok series or, or maybe it was on a podcast, but they were talking about how they were going to rewatch. Oh, wait, no, no. I'm thinking of two different things. I did see a TikTok series where they were watching back old episodes of Scooby-Doo and they only watched the first five minutes and then they were then they would try to guess who the villain is, like solve the mystery, <laughs> only watching the first five <laughs> minutes of the episode. And then they'd skip forward to the end to see if it was right. And they just always were because it was always just the first non-mystery incorporated character that was introduced now, that's something I really liked about the, like, first movie, like, just the Scooby-Doo movie, is, like, Scrappy-Doo isn't introduced until, like, halfway through when Velma gets, I don't know, she's, like, drunk or something. Right, there's... And so... she starts talking with the other guy about him, and so that one is kind of a little harder to guess because you don't see him until halfway through the movie. Right, so you're introduced to Rowan Atkinson, who plays Dr. Nefario, or I don't know, <laughs> I remember what his name is, um, Mon... Doesn't Fred call him like Mr. Mononucleosis? Because yeah, he can't remember sorry. his name either. Um, but he's the guy who owns the entire spooky island and he invites them to come help him solve the mystery of the um, college students who are losing their personalities and going missing and stuff and turning into monsters. And uh, and so at first you're like, okay, this has got to be it. Here's, here's a spooky guy. Uh, and then like halfway through the movie, it's like, oh, just kidding. It was a red herring. Um, but then it flips back and it's like, oh, nope. Like, you need a pure soul to sacrifice to gain the Damon Ritus power. And who who's the one who invited them? It was him. So it's like, oh, it turns out double red herring. It was Rowan Atkinson all along. But then triple red herring. Rowan Atkinson's really, like, <laughs> scrappy locked, locked away in a pit. And it's Scrappy-Doo living in a flesh robot suit. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> they got me there for sure. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> Yeah, the other the other thing I was thinking about um was uh Mike Schubert who hosted Hotterless uh podcast I listened to. He started a podcast called the uh, Meddling Adults, I think, and he is kind of like a game game show where he 
introduces the mystery from kids' literature, Scooby-Doo, uh, Encyclopedia Brown, Encyclopedia Brown, um, Nancy Drew, Nancy Drew, and then the he just boys. gives them he gives them clues from the story, and then it's like a game show who can who can guess it, and then like they donate money to charity. Oh, that sounds of, kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, was there something else you were going to say about it? Or no. Oh, okay. I was expecting. I was just trying to think of something else to say because usually you have to have some of those for a podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. Um. Well, overall, my DMs are open for the a new um, podcast co-host position. Um, <laughs> hey. Inquire below. <laughs> Link is in the show notes. You no, know, but honestly, I'm really glad that you got me to watch that movie. I don't think I ever would have chosen to watch it on my own just because of my own prejudice from watching the trailers as a child. But like, I'm really glad that I did because it they did a, an absolutely perfect job of translating it over. Yeah, I have. I don't think I've seen the other live action ones with like the other cast. Me neither. Um, I think it's supposed to be like a origin story or something, but like same kind of thing. Like, I don't really have any interest in watching it. And yeah, I, I don't think you need an origin story for Mystery Inc., really. Right. They just are because they are. Now, that is like the most stoner <laughs> thing I've ever heard and we just like watched three hours of shaggy <laughs> yeah i said that out loud and i was like mm. yeah i sound pretty stoned <laughs> i felt like i thought it was cool so i think sarah michelle geller and freddie prince jr like met on the set of scooby-doo really yeah and they've been like together ever since like they're still going strong today and i thought both of them did a really good job of playing like fred and Daphne. Um, how Freddie Prince Jr. was just kind of like the clueless idiot that was like full of himself. And Daphne was also kind of an airhead, but also still a strong female character. And then uh, Linda Cardellini was just such a great Velma as well. Like she just embodied her like smart, intelligent, like she was so great. Okay. Uh, they were actually engaged by the time that they filmed the first Scooby Doo oh, really? in 2002. Oh, okay. Um, they had they met in 1997 while filming I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, okay. And then they started dating in 2000 and then were engaged by 2001. And then, like, during that time, they were filming Scooby Doo. Okay, but I knew they, like, were together for at least part of it. Yeah. But I thought that was really cool how they chose, like, a couple to play. Yeah. But both of them were just perfect for the role. Like, they both did really well. Right, right, right. I loved how they, like, Daphne, in both movies, kept bringing up, like, I'm always the damsel in the in distress. And that's <laughs> not very, like, feminist. Like, like we got to, like, be more progressive. Like, someone else can be, like, play the victim. And everyone's like, but you're the best at it. So, like, <laughs> why change a good thing? Yeah, <laughs> no exactly. No need to fix it unless it's broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the... The beginning sequence, like the first like two or three minutes of the first movie was very, very classic Scooby-Doo, very formulaic, like right out of the original series. Yeah. Like the the peeled banana like head ghost. Like I'm pretty sure that ghost from like the first five minutes of the movie is like on the cover of like the VHS or whatever. And but he's not even really in the movie but it makes it seem like he's the big bad of the movie just from like the movie poster. Yeah. But psych, once again, another red herring. <laughs> <laughs> he's tricky like that, Jesus. 
This has been like all over the place episode, but it's been really fun to record. Yeah, it really um, has. Yeah, been. I had a lot of fun recording this one. Is there any other Scooby Doo stuff you want to say? Or we're at, we're at about an hour ten right now, so oh. I'm fine to wrap up if if you are. But yeah, I think I'm good to wrap up too. Okay, awesome. Well, I think that is oh, it. Oh, one thing we did have an idea a while ago, and it has been in our notes, but we just keep forgetting to implement it. Um. We thought it'd be good to pose a discussion question for our listeners and then email us your response to the discussion question and we will uh, bring up some of our favorite responses in the next episode of our podcast at the beginning. Um, So this week's discussion question is, which Scooby-Doo villain was the scariest to you growing up? Or who was your favorite Scooby-Doo villain growing up? Uh, And we think that all ages of listeners will be able to answer this because everyone has had Scooby-Doo as part of their childhood unless you are my grandparents' age, which how do you even know how to do a podcast? Or you live further under a rock than Josh did. Hey, that's not funny. It kind of is. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, send us an email, um, participating.podcast at gmail.com, and we will love to read those, and we will discuss some of our responses on next episode. Okay, um, let's wrap up. Um, this has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I've been Josh and she's been Sydney. And once again, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Josh underscore is underscore rich and Sydney at dip your chicken. Find the podcast on Instagram at TFP underscore pod and TFP underscore show on Twitter. Be sure, be sure to follow us on social media to see some very exciting announcements coming soon. We have some great ideas for the podcast. Uh, we've got some very special guests that we have scheduled to come on to talk about us. I'm really excited about. Um, and don't forget to email your answer to today's discussion question as well as any other feedback you have or if you just want to say hi, email us at participating.podcast at gmail.com. Quick reminder, again, to rate and review the show on iTunes. If you feel like being nice, uh, reviewers will earn a shout out at the beginning of our podcast or maybe in the middle if we forget like we did today. Our cover art is by Vaishan Brandon. Check him out at Vaishan Designs on Instagram and our epic Theme music was composed by Mitch Fry. Follow him at firefry underscore. That's F-I-R-E-F-R-E-I underscore on Instagram and Mitch Fry music on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, everybody. It really does mean a lot to us. And we hope that you've enjoyed the show. And as always, thanks for participating. Thanks for not sucking my cytoplasm out of my body in order to perform the ancient Damon Ritus ritual to... Uh, enslave humanity and rule the world anytime babe. <laughs> just for you